0: All right. So if you have your Bibles this evening, please turn with me to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3, verses... Uh, I'm going to read from verses 1 and 2. As most of you already know, Pastor Will is out of town this week. He's preaching at another church in Fort Worth area tonight, and also he'll be preaching at a pa- pastor's conference in the Dallas area. So if you could remember to pray, uh, if you could pray with him uh, for that. And I'm very honored to be here, and uh I, I know the last few weeks, Pastor Will has been uh, preaching through a series through the, uh, the Bible on, on, uh, on the subject of the Holy Spirit, and tonight we're going to take a little break from that, and I'm going to preach a different message from Exodus chapter 3. Uh, the Bible says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock of the to the backside of the desert, and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Let's have a word of prayer as we get into our message this evening. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity to come and worship you. Lord, I pray for our pastor as he preaches tonight in a different church. Lord, I pray that you will speak through him. And Lord, for each and every one of us here, Lord, that, that you open our hearts and that you will challenge us from your, from, from your word. I pray for the teens as they have their activities tonight. Lord, I pray that you will be with them, that everything will go well. I pray for Deontay as he preaches to our teens that they will be challenged from your word. We commit uh, this time into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. How many of you guys like make your own pizza? When you go to a pizza store, you you or you add the you know, all the things that you want and throw away all the vegetables, right? It's awesome. You throw away pineapple. I mean, who likes pineapples on top of their pizza? Come on. I mean, so I love making your own food going to a restaurant and making your own order and what a and my favorite part when I, when I first came to America. I mean, when you go to a fast food, unlimited refills. I mean, in California, that was awesome. You, you don't have that in India, and that was like one of my favorite things about going to a fast food. I, I would get refills all the time, and and it's not like I went out to eat a lot in college, but whenever we got to eat out, that was one of my favorite things to look forward to. And there was one time when uh, me and some of my friends, we went to... Uh, frozen yogurt place where they had a deal going on you can make your own frozen yogurt you get a bowl and you get anything you want I mean it was awesome I was so excited they had a deal going on I I think the price was like six dollars or something and you get anything you want so I walked in there I mean, I, I was going crazy in the store, <laughs> college student, you know. And I and, and 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 the funny thing is I had ten dollars. That's all I had, you know, as a bro college student. You've all been there. And and, and so I started filling up my bowl with everything that I wanted, uh, different flavors. And so I started standing in line at the counter. All my friends were I mean, they're all standing in line trying to pay for, for I was waiting for my turn, and I started Got to the counter, so it was. I thought it was six dollars, right? And I had ten dollars in my pocket. That's all I had, okay. And at the counter, the person said, "Oh, that will be thirteen dollars." Said, "Wait, what? What do you mean?" I Thought he said it was six dollars. I see the sign over there. Oh, that's for this smaller bowl. You've got the bigger one, and you got some of the things that were not a part of this deal. So, I mean. I thought it was all free. All came, all the fruits and everything in there. It was like a mountain. It was so embarrassing. I didn't know what to do. I don't know if you've ever been there or maybe you've been to a store when you try to buy uh, some clothes or where there's a discount. At the counter, it's a different price, right? Maybe you've experienced something like that. I don't know. But it was so embarrassing. I I failed. I mean, I should have read the sign a little better. But... I was standing there thinking, what do I do? And it was embarrassing. I don't want to ask my friends either. I have $10, but it's 13 So I didn't want to say anything. I pretended like I had money and I got my wallet out. <laughs> saw $10 cash. I'm going to try my cart. I knew I had no money. And uh, this was like the first few months when I first came to America. I didn't have a bank in America yet. And I just had my Indian uh, uh, card, the the one for, I got from India, and I wasn't sure if it was if it was going to work because I have tried in some stores and it didn't really work. So I decided, you know what, I'm just going to try it, and it worked. Thankfully, my parents had sent me money and they forgot to tell me. So praise the Lord for that. And say uh, I mean. But anyways, what I'm trying to say is, I love doing stuff like the adding stuff, um, adding my own food. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we want to. Put God in the same category we want to put uh, we want to make our own God we want we want we collect the things we want and we want him to be who we want him to be but the Bible says that God is who he says he is we don't put God together in our own terms maybe or maybe you've heard someone say maybe you've heard your co-workers say oh I can't believe in a God who would allow this I can't believe uh, in a God who who wouldn't let me do this, or who, uh, and we've heard like things like these before. But the thing is, like I said, we don't put God together. He is who He says He is, and He defines Himself. And sometimes, if we're not careful, it's easy to say, "Oh, I want God's love. I want God's grace," but. I don't want God's judgment. That's not the God I want. I want this this God that I created. And we we want to create our God depending on how our imagination, how our how our imagination tells us. But the Bible tells us about who he is. And so we're going to look a couple of verses tonight and even Even if you look in the New Testament, you see uh, Jesus speaking to Pharisees, and he says, I say unto you, right? Many times we see, I say unto you. The religious leaders, the Pharisees had a different idea about who God is. But Jesus is reminding them over and over again, I say unto you, and letting them know who God is. And a lot of times we want to create God in our own image. And A.W. Tozer said, What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. So let's look at chapter 3 again in verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. So first of all, we see a failure in here. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But first of all, why is Moses here? Okay, in chapter 3, why is Moses here in the back of the desert? Why is he here? So let's take a step back and let's look uh, in a couple of uh, chapters before that. We see that Pharaoh's daughter adopts Moses. And Moses grows up in the palace, in the Egyptian palace. In the royal palace, right? And he grew up among the Egyptians. And when he was 40 years old, he wanted to visit his Hebrew brothers. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read uh, Acts chapter 7, verse 23 says, When he was full 40 years old, it came to his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. So we know that the Hebrews were under bondage and they, they, they were working under the Egyptians. And when Moses saw this, he was hurting for his people. Moses was hurt for his people. It was a right hurt. And in Hebrews chapter 11, we see that he refused to identify with the Egyptians. Remember, he is living in the Egyptian palace as an Egyptian, right? But he knows that he is a Hebrew. So when he saw the Hebrews being treated wrong, it was hurtful for him. And then we also uh, in, in verse 24 in Acts chapter 7, it says, "And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed, and smote the Egyptian." See, he was hurt, right? He was hurt because of how the Egyptians were treating the Hebrews. But he, but he, yes, he had the right mindset, but he failed to lead his people. We're gonna. Uh, look at this. So he's got the right perspective in his own effort, but he fails in the way he delivers, or the way he fails to deliver his people out of Egypt. He saw the need for a deliverer, and he tried to be the deliverer. He, He had the right mindset. He wanted to save his people, but his actions were wrong. So what did he do? He killed the Egyptian. And the the egyptian taskmaster was killed by moses and it was hurt for because it was hurtful for him to see the hebrew being by the egyptian so here's what's happening moses has this right feeling of injustice but he acts wrong and i think about this and how how often have we done that like, you know, as Christians, we have the right idea, but we carry it out the wrong way. And this is what exactly what Moses did in verse 25 in Acts chapter 7. He says, For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them, but they understood not. And the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove, and would have said them once one again, saying, Sirs, ye are brethren. Why do we wrong to one another, but he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, who made thee a ruler and judge over us? Will thou kill me and thou didst as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Then fled Moses at this saying and was a stranger in the land of Midian, where he begat two sons. Maybe you've done something in your, Attempted to do something in your own power or because it didn't work because it you tried to do it in your own Power right many times. uh, Maybe you've experienced this a couple of weeks ago uh, Lisa Lisa and I Decided to take some time off and we decided to go to the beach and we were really excited Because we bought our first tent, you know when you buy your first something It's always exciting and we were ready to use this we went early in the morning, right? because we want to be there when nobody's there we went early in the morning but it was actually really windy but you know I have a new tent I'm ready I'm ready to set this thing up like I'm bu- so I said no we got to do this we got to put put this up so I took it out of the bag and and all the stands are ready as soon as we started putting the uh, the tent up or the, the wind was blowing so hard. there's no Lisa was holding on one end. I was holding one end. The tent was about to fly. We were we were all by ourselves. Nobody was here. And then somebody drove by. he kind of stopped, looked at us. I was hoping that he would stop and come and help us. I didn't want to ask him ask for help either because I mean, I'm a guy. I know how to, do, how to set up a tent. Come on. I do this by myself here at the parking lot. Lisa's already helping me. I don't want someone else to come help me. We tried and tried, and we paused for a little bit and again, and she said, no, we need to wait. I said, it's going to be windy all day. We, we don't have all day. It's a, I want this tent up because the sun's coming. So we tried again. Same thing happened. And then, yes, I am stubborn. <laughs> if you, and then... One of the, uh, what do you call it? the connectors broke because we were trying so hard. It bent so hard and it broke. And finally, we were like, okay, we're not going to have a dent today. So we just put it on the side. We were just sitting and people started coming to the beach. And, uh, and finally, we decided to try one more time. This time, it was not very windy. And as we were trying, uh, I said, we can do this. I know one of the thing connector is broken, but might not work. But let's try. As as we were trying to put this tent up, there were two ladies that were walking by, and they said, "Hey, do you guys need help?" I didn't want to say yes, but I said, "Yeah, sure. That would be awesome." So when they came and helped us, it took us five minutes. It took us five minutes to put the tent up. If it wasn't for my pride, right? And sometimes you see. When we try to do things in our own power, right? So we fail because without God, without God's help, we can't do things on our own power. And that's what Moses was trying to do here. He was trying to fix their problem. He saw the problem and he tried to fix, he tried to deliver his people out of Egypt. And because of his failure, he ran away from Egypt and ended up working for his father-in-law as a shepherd. So he ended up doing what he didn't want to do. So how do we know that? How do we know that he didn't want to do? So in Genesis chapter 46, remember Moses grew up in the Egyptian palace, right? In Genesis chapter 46, the Bible says that uh, for every shepherd is an abomination to Egyptians. In the Egyptian culture, they viewed shepherd as something very, very low. And on top of that, Moses, think about where he grew up. He grew up in the Egyptian palace. Like He grew up royalty. There, There are these, they viewed as shepherds here, Egyptians, and there's the royalty. He was up here, and now he's a shepherd, something he probably would have never considered or something that he would have never thought that he would do and maybe you're in the same place as Moses. Maybe you're doing something that you never thought you would be doing or something that you never wanted to do. Or maybe, maybe you're here. you moved here only because of your job. You wanted to live in a different city. You're here in Houston. I mean, who doesn't want to live in Houston? But maybe that's you. But maybe you're here, you're, you're where you are in life because of your past mistakes. Like I said, in the Egyptian palace where Moses grew up, they viewed being a shepherd as an abomination. It was something very low to them. And now he's doing this every single day. It almost seems like he's stuck in his life. And after all these years, the Bible says that he is, has been there for 40 years. He's there for 40 years as a shepherd. And after f- these many years, you would think he would have owned his own property, right? He would have started his own business, or he would have started, or he would have owned his own cattle or sheep. But here we see in this passage that he is tending his father-in-law's sheep. I believe that, during this time, God taught him more than what he ever learned when he was in the Egyptian palace. Because we see that God never forgot about him. God was always with him. See, wasted years are not, waiting years are not wasted years. And God never forget, forgets his people. God never forgot about Moses like, We forget things, right? God never forgot about Moses, like I forgot last week to pay my electric bill. I never thought that would ever happen to me. I have a reminder every single month, and I pay it on time every single time. But for some reason, I guess the reminder came on when I was busy doing something, and I was just going on about my daily life, and I went to check my mail. And when I checked the mail got a mail from the electric company and i said oh that's interesting when i opened it you know this is very interesting i say this because i've never seen a letter where that's printed in a red paper i was like oh whoa that's interesting and then i opened up says you haven't paid your electric bill we're going to disconnect your power if you don't pay it by next week so I, i i paid my electric bill but anyways sometimes we forget things but god never forgets his people. God never forgets. So Moses was there for 40 years. Look with me in verse 2 of Exodus 3. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. So, Moses is doing his thing. He's being a shepherd for, you know, many, many years. He was watching his father-in-law's sheep, and there was something that got his attention. As we saw in in, in our verse, there was a bush burning with fire. And the amazing thing is the bush was not consumed. And in verse 3, it says, And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burnt. So Moses is fascinated. He is fascinated by this sight. And it's just a reminder that nothing compares to the glory of the Lord. And we see in verse 4, it's even Amazing. And in chapter or verse four, it says, and when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and says, Moses, Moses. He calls him by his name. So we see that God is revealing himself to Moses here in this passage. And, and, and he revealed himself in a very uh, extraordinary way or in a very uh, amazing way. So, in these couple of verses, we also see that there is a deliverer. At first, we see a failure in Moses. Now, we see the deliverer. And we see that God revealed himself in this verse, verse 4, uh, verse 3 and 4 that he revealed himself in his nature. Yes, the bush was on fire, but it was not consumed. And it showed God's power and glory. It was a display of his attributes to get Moses' attention. When God shows himself in, uh, uh, of, or of his greatness in the Bible, it is to draw attention to him and the message. That he is about to deliver, not on the miracle. And verse 4 and 5, if we read verse 5, and he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. First of all, we see that the, the, the message from God starts with an invitation, and God still invites us to draw not to draw near to him. James 4, 8 says, Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. And let's look at how how Moses approached to God when he saw the burning bush and when he heard his name. Let's look at how he approached uh, to God. God gives him some instructions, as we see in verse 5. He says, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes off thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. So what made the ground holy? Or what is special about this bush? Yes, it's burning and it's not being consumed. But nothing was as special as the presence of God. That's what made the whole experience, the burning bush, the whole experience of this, of this passage very special. It is very interesting how God reveals himself in this form. Fire is comforting when you are at a campfire and during winter. It is very comforting, right? But at the same time, it is terrifying. Fire can be terrifying. And and we've maybe you've seen it on TV or maybe you've seen Somewhere that a fire can destroy lots of things right Uh, a couple of years ago about eight or nine years ago I was in the Philippines uh, for about a year I was studying music and Me and my some of my friends from India. We went there together and we rented this old house that was designed by a uh, japanese architect and you, you maybe you've seen pictures it's it's made out of all it's all wooden and it's really pretty so we decided hey we're going to rent this place and so me and about four other guys and one one night or actually morning it was about 3:30 in the morning uh i had just gone to sleep because we were doing our projects, and one of my friends had just, or he was just trying to go to sleep, and he heard some, some noise, and so he woke me up and said, hey, let's go check this out. I, this doesn't sound right. So we went out, just following the noise, and out, we went outside, and we looked at the roof, and there was a little fire, little, little sparks. and so I, And I thought, oh, we could fix this. I ran inside to get a bucket of water. I filled it up, and by the time I came out, remember, it was a wooden house, okay? I don't, I don't exactly know what all the materials they use on the roof. The fire was about like five feet, and it was massive, and I saw that, and I realized, okay, we're getting out of here, so I ran in quick, and I grabbed my passport and my laptop. I thought those were the most important things, so I ran I ran out, and by the time I, tried, I was the first one who went out, I was trying to come back in, and by the By the time I tried to come back, I kid you not, the door was like on fire, like this. It was almost like out of in a movie or something. Like it was like just the door was in fire. So I didn't have a choice. I can't go back in. And I'm screaming in there, like asking my friends to throw things out. They can't hear me because they've got all their music instruments, expensive guitars and cellos and everything. So they're trying to get out of the back window. And the house is kind of tall from the ground, so I can't climb up either. So I'm just screaming there, hoping that they would throw one of my belongings. But they started throwing their stuff, and they jumped out. And in a span of like 30 minutes, the whole house was like gone. It was fast. I turn around. I couldn't go back in. And as I'm asking them to throw stuff out, whole house is gone. Even before we could call the fire truck. Like, it was that fast. Maybe we were a little slow in calling the fire fire truck, I think. But we were in a foreign country. We didn't know what we were doing. And, and But my point is, fire can be very terrifying and at the same time comforting. right? And that's... The nature of our God. He is comforting. And at the same time, it's terrifying because it says, God is a consuming fire, but he is also so gracious. He is so gracious that he doesn't consume us. He is a holy God. So what was Moses' response here in verse 6? Let's look at Moses' response after God, after God invites him. He says, Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. He hid his face because he was afraid. He was afraid to look at God because of the holiness of God. And in verse 7, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. He says, I know their sorrows. God had not forgotten about his promises. We see that even in chapter 2 when the people of Israel Uh, Chapter 2, verse 23, it says, And it came to pass in the process of time, the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage, and they cried, and their, their cry came up unto God by the reason of their bondage. In verse 24, it says, And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and Jacob. Sometimes we might think that God is not aware of our needs. I've been there. Sometimes when you're going through struggles, maybe you don't know. You feel like God doesn't hear your cries, or God is not listening. But he spe- we see in this passage that He specifically told Moses that I have surely seen the affliction of my people in Egypt. He knew where they were, and He knew what they were suffering. And he says, I know their sorrows. And may I remind you this evening, God knows your sorrows. Whatever you're going through, God knows your needs. Every single need, God knows them. Whether it's big or whether it's small, He knows your needs in your maybe it's finances, maybe it's in your relationships, maybe it's your health. In every aspect of your area, God knows. God knows everything and not only does he knows or sees our needs but also it says he hears our cries he told moses i have heard their cry by the reason of their taskmasters we pray to a God who is all-powerful, omniscient, God who hears our prayers and sees our needs. And think of Job who suffered so greatly, found comfort in God, knowing that God knew exactly what he was going through. He says, He knoweth the way I take. When he had tried me, I shall come forth as goal. And the devil is going to tempt you to believe that God doesn't hear you, God doesn't hear your prayers, it's a waste of time, or sometimes when we don't see an immediate response, it may seem that God doesn't hear us. But God always, I want to remind you that God always hears us. He hears our prayers, and God's delays are not His denials, and He is always listening to your voice. And also, God is... All-knowing, and then He is also all-powerful. Uh, not only does He know what we feel, but the awesome thing is that He can do something about it. You and I, yes, we can pray for one another. Yes, I can pray for you. I can beg God on your behalf and pray to God, but I can't change the circumstances. I can do anything about it, but God can change everything anything. God can do anything. Here we see in this passage that God says, I have heard thy cries and I am going to deliver them. And the amazing thing is God has come to deliver us as well. In fact, he provided the greatest deliverer, the greatest deliverance to save us from our sins. He died on the cross for our sins and his his deliverance is not temporary. It is permanent. And he didn't see that he didn't promise the Israelites just a little way out of Egypt, but to the land of milk and honey, to the promised land. We have an omnipotent God who delivers permanently. And and we know that real freedom comes from Jesus Christ. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So Moses... He heard all these wonderful things, wonderful promises from God and probably got really excited. I can imagine that. He, he got really excited that God remembered his people. You know how he tried to save his own people in his own power, but now he's hearing that God is telling him that he will deliver his people. Probably got really excited, but then God threw a curveball that Moses wasn't expecting. He told Moses that he was going to use him. Then, not only that, he will be the one leading the Israelites. God is always looking for people who are surrendered and to take his message of deliverance to people who need it. He's always looking for people to take the message, you and I, God can use even you and I as well. And this was a part of God's plan for Moses, and it is still God's plan for us. And you don't have to wait uh, for more Bible knowledge to serve God. You don't have to give more to the church, or you don't have to uh, uh, have more experience in your witnessing. God will enable us to serve Him and Moses struggles with the feeling of in uh, because uh, he was thinking about himself with his what he can't do at this point point. and when he when he received the commission from God in verse 11 the Bible says and Moses said unto God who am i and i should go unto pharaoh and that i should bring forth the children of israel out of egypt who am i to go talk to the pharaoh to tell uh, to send, to to tell the the, the, to take the people out of uh, Egypt, maybe because of his past failures in the past, many years ago, he 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 is not confident enough. And sometimes, maybe because of our past failures, because of the things that we did in the past, it, it gives us a feeling of uh, a feeling of guilt and we struggle with the thought that God would use me, God would use me to do something, something for His kingdom, I think the better question is, who is God? Instead of, who am I? We serve an uh, all-powerful God, and God can do whatever He wants, and, 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 and He can use whoever He chooses. And the next question, look with me in verse 13. Uh, it says, And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, sh- shall say unto them, The God of your fathers. So Moses uh, asked God, Who am I going to tell? Or what am I going to tell people? And then God, God reveals, or God gives them an answer, Tell them about me. So basically, When I am coming to the children of Israel, say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? Right? In verse 14, it says, God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am had sent me unto you. So Moses was not supposed to speak about who he is, not about himself. He, he was supposed to go speak to the people about his God. It was all about God. And Moses, Moses needed to understand that he was not the one who was going to lead the people out of Israel. It was God who was, who was going to lead the people out of Israel. And this is true for us as well. And every time God gives us a commission to serve Him, it's not, all, it's not about us. It's about who our God is. It's not about who am I. It's about who He is. I am that I am. He is still the powerful I am. And God promised him. He, God promised Moses that wherever he goes, he will be with him. Look with me in verse 12 real quick again. And he said... Certainly I will be with him, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. So he says, he is going to be with him. He made a promise to Moses that I am going to be with you. I will go with you. And it's the same promise that God gives us today. The promise that I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Uh, we don't have to, when we are trying to witness to someone, we don't even have to try to persuade people to, uh, to go to heaven. It is God who saves people, not us, right? We share the gospel to people, and that saving is God's part. That, that, it's God who saves people. Our part is to share the message of salvation. Tonight, I don't know where you are in your own personal walk with the Lord, but God knows, and you know it too. You know where you are in your own walk with God. And we see in, in these passages that God gave Moses a promise that God is always with us. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter anymore, but, but God gives him another promise that he will take care of the rest. All you need to do is go take the message right, what the message that he gave him to go talk to Pharaoh, that, that, and God will do the rest. And if you ever feel like you've stayed far from God, straight far from God, it is never too late to come back to him. And as we've seen in our passage today that our God is a God of second chances, third chances, hundred chances. You see Moses fail, right, but God gave him another chance even after 40 years. That's a long time, but God still God never forgot about him. He he never forgot about his people and it's never too late to come back to him. And you you might you might have failed in the things that you wanted to do. You might have failed in the in in your walk with God or you might have failed in your relationships. But our God is a God of second chances, and He can deliver you because we saw in the passage today, He is the deliverer. Not Moses, not me, or pastor, or anybody else. He is the deliverer. And then, I want us to remember His promise that He will never leave you nor forsake you. Whatever you're going through in life, God is with you. God is always with you. Draw nigh unto Him and he will draw nigh unto you. Let's pray. Dear Holy Father, thank you so much for this time that we can come together and worship you. Lord, thank you so much for your word and the promises, Lord, as we see uh, from uh, the passage t- today. Lord, help us to always remember that Uh, You are always with us, and you are the deliverer, not us, Lord. As we go in our daily lives, Lord, please help us to realize that, uh, that, that you are with us, that you give us the power to be a messenger, to share the gospel to the people around us. Lord, thank you so much for loving us and dying on the cross for our sins. We commit the rest of the night into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray.